Welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. Joining me once again in the podcast is Ian Nasuraganda, who's Head of Policy and Advocacy at Golden Agri Resources. Welcome back to the podcast, Ian. Thanks, Ian. So we're going to be talking a bit today about how companies can improve labour practices in agricultural supply chains. Give us a tiny bit of context setting about Golden Agri Resources. Golden Agri Resources, we are the largest palm oil producer in Indonesia in terms of plantation size. So we have about 536,000 hectare of concessions in Indonesia. That gives us a large social footprint. Our total is about 170,000 employees and about nearly 70,000 of those are smallholder farmers with whom we have a scheme arrangement where they supply their fruit to us based on our inputs and technology. So we have a large social footprint and that's why labor practices and community engagement and and all these social issues are very important for us. Regulatory risks as they relate to labor practices have been an increased priority to producers, especially those that are exporting to the US, the UK and Europe. Perhaps give us a bit of insight as to what's changed recently and where these pressures are coming from. Speaking on just the palm oil industry, we clearly see a shift in a debate from environmental sustainability to social sustainability. On the environmental side, thanks to government regulations, we now have a moratorium on new plantation licenses in forest areas. And thanks to corporate no deforestation policies, we have basically seen a 90% decline in forest conversion from palm oil in the last 10 years. So if in 2011, 2012, you can see 1 million hectare of forest conversion, 1 million hectare. In 2022 and 2021, one decade later, it's down to about 100, 150,000 hectares. So that's a 90% drop. With the performance on the environmental sustainability side, now stakeholders are shifting their attention to social challenges. And you see this most reflected in regulations in the US, UK and Europe where they're trying to implement now strict legislation that prohibit child labor, that prohibit forced labor. Another example is where the Consumer Goods Forum has established a dedicated working group to address challenges in human and labor rights. This regulatory risk from the government side, that is new and very real. So last year in the palm oil industry, we were quite shocked to see that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency of the United States They basically banned two Malaysian companies to ship their palm oil into the USA for alleged forced labor of migrant workers. So Gar, we're monitoring all these developments and we are participating in debate on social challenges in our industry. We want to make sure we can meet our customer expectations and comply with regulatory requirements. How then do the risks here differ from the ever-present reputational risks and how are businesses addressing these? Bottom line, we agree with the regulation, you know, the goals of the regulation. So we shouldn't have child labor in our supply chain. There shouldn't be any forced labor in our supply chain. Unfortunately, the way the regulation is set up is that they missed the opportunity to invest in sector transformation. And what do I mean by this? So regulation, the way they're designed today is they focus on cleaning up your supply chain and you get penalties if you do not. And while cleaning up and penalties is one tool to address any potential labor issues in supply chain, it's not the only tool and will not get you to the ultimate goal of transforming the supply chain. So with just cleaning up and penalties, you end up with a supply chain that is based on two tiers. One is a set of suppliers that are compliant and another set of suppliers that is not. 
So at GAR, we aim to raise the performance of our entire supply chain, not just some of our suppliers. And that means investing in our suppliers to build their capacity to comply, to improve their performance and then to comply. So our aim is both to clean up our supply chain, but also to expand our supply base of performing suppliers. And that has worked for us. That has worked for us in addressing deforestation industry. To change the industry, you really have to engage your suppliers. It's not enough to just clean up. We, you really want to transform the industry to make the entire industry sustainable. I think it's a very clear unintended consequence of the sorts of rules that have come into play in, in the European Union. These rules are not intended to mean that companies simply leave non-complying suppliers alone because obviously someone else will just pick that supplier up. So I think it's an unintended consequence of forcing companies to think in terms of low-risk suppliers and low-risk regions, in fact, where in fact the best thing to do in fact, be for progressive companies to work with their suppliers and transform them rather than just divest from them. Which stakeholders bear the largest responsibility for shifting practices for workers? And what's practical to expect from consumer-facing brands who don't necessarily own their supply chain? The responsibility lies with the company. So in our case, with our supply chain, most of the responsibility lies with us, though, of course, we do share with our supply chain partners. Sometimes I hear the following argument, you know, government is responsible for implementing and enforcing good labor practices. But that argument doesn't work in an agricultural setting that is often remote, you know, with little local government capacity. So to ensure their agri-commodity purchases are free of social exploitation, big buyers will hold their suppliers accountable for good labor practices, not the local government. On the question of the role of consuming-facing brands, so at GAR, we have had very good experience working with consumer-facing brands. Palm oil industry is very fragmented with many small, medium enterprise and smallholders whose processes and systems are weak. So in 2020, for example, we worked with Nestle and labor NGO Ferite to assess the labor performance in the various parts of our supply chain, whether it's refinery or mill, our own operations or third-party operations, et cetera, et cetera. We noticed that when you get a well-known brand in the room, then suppliers pay more attention. And then in the end, they are more open to building processes and systems that ensure the respect of labor rights and human rights. So much of this, of course, requires transparency and reporting. So what are the challenges to reporting on worker safety and well-being in your view? And are there any practices that can be used from reporting standards in other sectors, for example? In the palm oil industry, where the supply chain is fragmented with a thousand mills and millions of smallholders, it is very difficult to monitor worker safety and well-being. You can monitor the environment with satellites, but you cannot monitor workers that way. Sustainability certification helps, but not all growers can afford it. So for now, at least at GAR, we see no choice, but we have to assess suppliers in person, on-site, on the ground. Since 2007, I think we have visited more than 125 suppliers to make those labor assessments on-site. So looking forward, GAR is very excited about the NDPE implementation reporting framework. So key actors in the palm oil industry are developing a no-exploitation reporting framework based on agreed-upon definition and methodologies. And we should have our first reports ready in 2023. What role does shareholder activism and increasingly values-driven consumers play in creating positive pressure here? 
we see activists voting to try to change the way boards operate or to influence board makeup, for example, to get more diversity on the board. This would extend to other issues like climate change action. Values-driven consumers also play an important role in transforming an industry. Consumers reward companies who perform on sustainability and they signal to lagging companies to improve on their performance. Clearly, things are changing and things are moving fast here. And it's great to see so much progress. Of all the things we discussed, what encourages you most about the increased pressure from policy to protect agricultural workers? I think now we see more alignment. So you see upstream producers and downstream buyers. You see them aligning on methodologies and definitions. And I think the challenge for the industry, you know, upstream and downstream, is to bring the other stakeholders on board and critically the government. We want the policies from the government that do not have these unintended consequences. The industry wants to transform the supply chain, not to clean up the supply chain. It is great to see these social issues getting more traction, but as you say, there's still more to be done in terms of getting the regulatory framework correct. But for now, Ian Suraganda from uh, Golden Ag Resources, thank you very much. Thank you.